Are you listening? Damn. Welcome back, listeners. This is Mike here with the Three Amigos podcast, uh, joined by Marshall. Mike, my brother, how you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, obviously, uh, our third compadre is out of the office today and uh, won't be joining us for the podcast uh, for this uh, Wednesday morning. But uh, he will be back for our podcast that drops Friday morning. Friday. Uh, Friday. Be back. Then, uh, iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, let's go ahead and jump right into week one action. Well, we got to start Thursday night with coming into one of the most exciting week one matchups you could ask for starting off the NFL season. And I told you, I mentioned in that last podcast, that nine-point line scared me. It just seemed... I, I didn't see what the Chiefs brought out, but uh, what what did you take in? I mean, obviously not what we were expecting, but what kind of caught your eye there starting off from the start of the game? Well, I as I said in the last podcast, you know, I expected the Chiefs to come out and throw a little bit of a punch. Yeah. I just didn't have the guts to go ahead and take them. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, the, the, it's it's usually like that. The team that comes in, they're, they're all about the celebration. The other team's sitting there. I mean, that's all the motivation in the world. Could you imagine, you know, exactly. imagine watching that celebration before you're about to compete against that team. I mean, all you're going to want to do is be jacked up to be able to beat the champs. And you get a chance to do it right there on live TV after they get their rings and, and do the whole thing. So I thought that was pretty cool. And how about Eric Barron that first drive covering Gronk coming in on that fourth and one one fourth and one run play to get that big stop there? Uh, if like single handedly was carrying the Chiefs, the Chiefs D there to start the game, he was unbelievable. Oh, he was. He was incredible all night. Uh, it's a real shame that's going to be a hell of a hit for them. Uh, yes, that, that could end up being the big difference maker. You know, later on, I, the Chiefs are for real. I mean, that team is scary. Yes. If, if Alex Smith. Uh, if, if as he steps into his old age here, he's a little bit wiser, you know, and you kind of you kind of see that um, he's not really the young quarterback we're used to thinking of him as anymore. Uh, I mean, he's a true veteran out there, and I think if he can uh, if he can continue that kind of play, I mean, that that team's across the board. I mean, that they're they're more talented than most teams they're going to go yeah. up against. Think about how young their weapons are with Tyree Kill, Kareem Hunt, who just blew everybody out of the water, Travis Kelsey on the younger side, regarded right up there with Gronk as a top tight end in the league. I mean, they have weapons everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, all over the field. That's what I'm saying. I mean, if you, if you sit here and you say that they have a quarterback who's going to put up top eight numbers this year, and then you look at the rest of the talent on that team – I mean, they're they're pretty damn incredible. And and now when I say top eight numbers, I mean from an efficiency standpoint. Um, and if, if he's able to be efficient, efficient, not turn the ball over, um, yeah. and be able to put up you know solid numbers for a quarterback where they can't just stack the box and they got to take him seriously. I mean, mm-hmm. that, they can move the ball. And then defensively, I mean, is there a team better? I, I mean, Seattle yeah is probably up there right there with them. But yeah. I mean, they they got arguably the best corner in the league. Uh, Justin Houston looks like he's still young. <laughs> I mean, that, that, t- that team's talented. I mean, Barry's going to be a hit, but um, I mean, they got a lot of talent all over the field. And it's a similar situation, I, I think, with Minnesota. All you need with those two defenses is a quarterback that's going to make smart decisions throughout a game, never going to lose you a game, no matter what. Sam Bradford, Alex Smith are not the type of quarterbacks they are going to go, you know, throwing two or three interceptions in a week. Uh, they're just going to – Sam Bradford was making plays, and Alex Smith also standing in the pocket, taking hits. Um, you know, these guys are never going to blow you out of the water with like a, you know, a Tom Brady or a Roethlisberger-type day, but they're always going to be consistent, and that's all you need with the talent they have on the other side of the ball. 
Yeah, I mean, Sam Bradford, he's an interesting case too. You know, you yes. think about him as he's a guy that that we all <laughs> thought of as a high level talent. Um, you know, I think he was he obviously drafted high, um, yeah. and and everybody expected big things from him. Then he had an injury after injury, and it was kind of like we we kind of wrote him off because of the injuries. And he's still a quarterback, you know. And, and um, sometimes just having the mind of a quarterback is is a, a trait that. Um, it's something you can kind of battle through injuries. It's something more unique yeah. than any other sport. You know, I mean, yeah. obviously that's the thing that you look at, like guys like Tom Brady, their minds is their, their greatest attribute. And, and I think Sam Bradford's another guy that I, I think he's more talented than what we realize. And, and yeah. uh, I mean, he showed that last night. And, and yeah. I mean, he could be pretty good for the Vikings this year. I think what really stands out to me, and they mentioned it in the broadcast, uh, a guy who's willing to stand there and take hits like that at the quarterback position, which in, you know, often regarded as one of the weaker positions in the NFL, not the toughest guys playing quarterback for every team on a week-in, week-out basis. But Sam Bradford is known for standing in there, like I mentioned, taking the hits. You saw multiple times putting throws within a window with you know, a defensive end or a defensive tackle, taking them down to the ground. That's something that a team can rally around. And you know, somebody like that, like you mentioned, has the talent. He's just been caught up in some bad situations injury-wise. And, you know, he could really carry that team to a long season with that defense. Oh, for sure. And, you know, you talk about that that whole rallying around somebody. You know, I was thinking about on the other sideline, you know, the whole thing with Adrian Peterson and, and Sean Payton. I, I think AP had a point. You know, uh, the Saints are really struggling to move the ball. Um, Drew Brees oh. didn't look like himself. Um, I, I think I, I would have liked to see the, the, them at least – give the ball to AP consecutive times and see what he can do. I mean, you bring him in for a reason. He's still a Hall of Famer. You know, at least see if he has anything left in the tank, especially against that team. You know he'd be hungry. Um, and, and honestly, seeing the reaction that he had on the sideline, if I'm looking at him as an NFL running back, if I see a guy that pissed off, that's a guy I'm okay with giving the ball to a few times. I might, might not be too upset if my running back's pissed off at me. At the same time, though, they're already down multiple touchdowns at that point late in the game, so you've got to throw the ball. And with that being said, you're moving the ball in a two-minute drill-type offense down with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So it's an option they're going to lean on heavily, especially when they've gone to the run game quite a bit there in the first half, and that Vikings defense looked unbelievable. So you can understand, again, can see both sides, but you can see where the Saints kind of knowing their yeah. culture and what they've done. Yeah, for sure. And at that point in the game, definitely. I mean, I mean you have to go more to the air. But um, yeah. I, I think, though, when you see a guy who has that passion, you see that on the sidelines, you know, and, and a guy that has produced over and over, and he's overcome things that most running backs don't. You know, he's come back from injuries. He's already showed that he can be successful past that whole 28 number that a lot of people are scared of. You know, I think at least – I think they should have given him the ball a little bit more early on in the game and, and see if he has something in the tank, um, uh, especially against his old team. And, you know, Mike, talking about a running game, uh, going over to a team that came into the season playing on and let it be known uh, throughout the media they're going to be relying heavily on the rookie, rookie running back, Leonard Fournette, uh, a guy who coming out of college, incredible workhorse in the LSU program there. And Houston came in with a lot of hype. I mean, coming off of Hurricane Harvey, J.J. Watt, all the energy, that running game really – and on top of that defense, let's be real here. But talk a little bit about what you saw in the, in the Jacksonville first week here, which was really impressive. Well, I think you spot on with the hurricane definitely affected the, the Texans yeah. more than what a lot of people think. Um, but I, I don't think it's an overreaction to say the Jags are a legit threat in the AFC South. Um, wow. after, if, they, if they play to the style that they did on Sunday, because they're better than the yeah. Texans. 
I, I mean, the Texans are they're in a funk right now. Um, I, and offensively, I mean, there's nothing really there for them. I mean, I mean, I th- hopefully Deshaun Watson can show a little bit more. He had a nice touchdown drive there for them. Um, I hate but, that I mean, he's getting pushed in so early. I hate exactly, he's getting pushed in. Exactly, exactly. And I, I think um, the Titans, they looked good. I mean, the Titans are definitely the team to be in the AFC South, even in the loss to the Raiders. Um, but if the Jaguars can just stay to that style, you know, if they stay that style, hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette, he has to touch the ball 20 times a game. He can't go to the style of trying to let Blake Bortles air it out. If you're going to try and let Blake Bortles win games for you, you're not going to be successful. It's going to be ugly. Without it's Allen Robinson. Exactly. I, if they can go, if, if Blake Bortles can start to play more like Alex Smith did in his career, young career not for happen. that team, they, they've got a they've got a good, a talented defense. I'm not saying Alex Smith yeah. now, but if he can go into that younger role, game manager style, hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette, let their defense win games for them, I mean, they can win the AFC South, or at least they can contend in the AFC South. I mean, the, I like the Titans more than most years, but I'm not in love with them. Are you? Uh, you know, I was. That's one game that I wish I would have caught more of. That Titans Raiders game I was in that spot early on, where I had I saw more of the highlights. Um, but yeah, no, Tennessee really didn't come out and blow people off the off their doors like people expected. Um, that offensive line and Mariota and that running game is definitely going to be something in that weak division that's going to win games. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, Jacksonville looked amazing. I mean, that defense, again, going, going against Houston and Tom Savage, not the most impressive uh, offensive front there, but they looked amazing. Uh, that, that yeah. Yes, that defensive line that they spent so much money on, man, it, it really showed up. Like you mentioned, 10 sacks. I mean, that's that's something that you can carry and, you know, make plays off of that. And Callias Campbell, man, that acquisition they picked yes. up this offseason, three and a half sacks. I mean, that's in, that's impressive for first game, huh? Yeah, I heard he, he had, like, broken the franchise record for sacks in the game in the first half there. I mean, that's, that's an impressive start to a, that contract. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. And and like you said about the Titans, I mean, uh, I think the Raiders are just really good. Uh, Marshawn Lynch yes. looked himself. Uh, I mean, if, yes. that, if that I, w- I wasn't expecting that. I, I thought he'd be a step older, you know, but yep. he, he looked like the same guy that or maybe even better than the last run that he had with Seattle. I mean, I know it's game one, so we'll see what he looks like through seven, eight games. But at yeah, this point, I mean, to- he's impressive. He's, it's hard to get too excited about a running back here as early, like you said there. Um, but not only did he bring the physical presence there, you know, a lot of third down runs, and he's going to give you that short yardage around the goal line, a lot more comfort that we saw a lot of teams needed here, Patriots, Saints. Um, but, you know, it's uh, a team with, with Derek Carr. The offensive lines looked incredible here. Khalil Mack, I mean, they're, they're they're looking amazing. And going into Tennessee week one, like I said, didn't get to see a lot. But that's an impressive win no matter what you say. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing is, too, at this point, Marshawn Lynch has got to be looking at the Seattle like, man, he's definitely made the right decision. I mean, they, they look in – that offense looks in rough shape. I mean, that it was funny. I saw line. Is, yes, exactly. My, holy cow. What is yeah. Russell coming in healthy, excited? How long was he going to last? <laughs> no, not, not long at all. He's too small and, and behind a horrible offense. Yeah. I mean, I saw that picture online where the Green Bay had five guys chasing and they were already closer to Russell and they had the five li- offensive linemen behind them chasing it's behind cr- the, the Green Bay defense. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. And they had um, that left tackle go down here who was supposed to hold on some to some sort of hope for this offensive line. He's out. So you saw something. Listen, Green Bay's defense may be more solidified here this year. 
I don't think they're nearly that impressive as they looked. And the teams, all. yeah, as they go and face teams, uh, the all these different teams that have these impressive defensive lines, it's going to get really ugly for Russell Wilson. <laughs> I feel I feel damn confident about my Cowboys right now. <laughs> yes, I mean, holy cow! You know, you know what I holy love too? Cow. My favorite part, my best takeaway from the game was early on in the game that they turned the offense over to Dak. I mean, Dak Absolutely. was out there. He was calling the offense out. Expanded it. They allowed it. I mean, he's a guy. I, I think he's capable of making any throws. You know, and, and Dallas's offense, I mean, if you really look at them, they've got probably the best offensive line in football. You know, then yep. we're Tennessee, maybe Philly. You know, and then they have a, a quarterback that can make all the throws. He's proving he's big time. Rookie of the year. You know, um, and Zeke, obviously, running back. You know, we got Jason Witten at tight end. Des Bryant. Yeah. I mean, other than – obviously, we know the guys that are there. I mean – Dallas might have the most complete offense in the NFL. Here's the thing that I – two things I love about Dak is, first off, everything you about, hear about his mindset, again, his leadership skills, his ability, um, composed, posed in all sorts of situations. You mentioned there early on coming out and, and controlling that offense, pointing people in different directions, audibles, making plays at the line. That's so impressive for a young guy. And then on top of that, just the way he plays and the way he's built, uh, his awareness on the field, getting out of bounds, taking shots. I think he's built as a guy that can last. And they got two guys in Zeke and Dak there that, my goodness, they look so impressive. I think Dallas is the most impressive team, uh, maybe Kansas City um, through week one, because uh, what they did to the Giants, I mean, I know Eldell was out, but to beat a team 19 to three, I mean, and they manhandled them. And, and the game was the game was worse than what the score appeared. I mean, Dallas, every drive they had, they crossed midfield. You know, they were yep. averaging 10 plays a drive. If, yep. if you average those long drives like that, you're not going to score a ton of points because the other team's just not going to be on the field that much. And you're going to win a low scoring game. It's going to be because of your offense, you know. But I mean, if you're averaging a lot of plays, you chew up time. There's not that much time in the game to be able to score a lot of points. You know what I mean? And and going against that against that Giants defense, which in the loss here still looked amazing. Um, I mean, the Cowboys again, like you said, I think for a team that really stood out. You mentioned the Chiefs can make a debate. I think it's by far the Cowboys. They showed that if they bring that running game back again this year that they had last year, I mean, they control games and make it really hard to beat them on that alone. And it looks like Zeke's going to play the whole year, right? Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine at this point, I mean, we saw that with Tom Brady. I think if we end up losing him, it's probably going to be the first four weeks next season. Um, yeah. You know, the other really impressive thing I thought was was Dallas's defense was incredible. I mean, obviously holding them to three points. Exactly. Like I said in the in the last podcast, you know, I think they have the most underrated front seven in all of football. I mean, their front seven is impressive, and they they Young wreak havoc. Impressive. Yep, yep. But they wreak havoc all night, and those corners are good too. You know, Jordan Lewis mm-hmm. is a lot of people are saying is a, is might be their best corner, and he That's, didn't even uh, play week, week one. The Michigan the, kid. Yeah, I was gonna say he's the he's the linebacker, right? <laughs> He's the corner, Jordan Lewis, the corner. He was the third round pick, but he's he's oh, impressive. Okay. And, he looked and, and amazing. Said, yeah, he looked amazing. No, well, he was out with the hamstring injury. I'm I'm thinking about the Michigan guy who like broke his. He came back. Oh, from no, injury. no, you're talking uh, Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith. Yes. Oh, he yeah. He looked amazing Jalen, too. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Jalen Smith's big time, man. I mean, obviously, I mean, um, 
across the board, I'm impressive with them. I mean, the, yes. the young guys look good. I, there's something there's something special brewing in Dallas. I mean, it just feels good. The young guys are coming in there rarely earlier on. It might be the leadership from Jason Witten, Sean Lee. I mean, those are two yeah. impressive guys to have as captains. And and I think they're doing the right things there now, finally. I mean, 20 years here, I've been waiting for them to be this impressive. But I think they're the favorites in the NFC through at least the first week of the season. Uh, it's it's hard to debate that. And another team that I think you mentioned just organizations that seem to be making the right moves, which Dallas, after the time they've put in with this offensive line, it's clearly paying off. I think the Browns made some real moves that make sense. Uh, they're clearly in a rebuilding phase. And you talked about Kaiser here. Uh, we talked off the podcast a little bit about him. Uh, they looked really impressive and lost to a really good Steelers team by three points at home. Uh, that's the best they've looked in a home opener with a young quarterback, quarterback like that in a long time. Yeah, and they go into this week with the Ravens. I think it'll be another um, – it'll be an interesting test here to see yes. if they can compete back-to-back weeks against talented teams. But, I mean, that's a tough road to have to start your career. And when once losses <laughs> pile on early, then that's when I start to worry. You know, that's why it's yeah. tough to succeed in Cleveland. They just don't, it's uh, over and over and over again. They just I, I mean, I like what they're doing here, but – it just seems these young quarterbacks are getting thrown into early, and, and you know how losses take a toll on athletes. Here's here's the thing that I, I agree with you. Here early on, it might get ugly, but with all these draft picks that are piling up early, maybe late next season into the season after that, we're going to see whether this is paying off or they get, you know, they draft well, get a lot of young talent. I think, um, you know, he can make it, Kaiser can make it that long and, and you yeah. know, not fall apart. Yeah, I mean, they have a good enough offensive line that'll protect them. Exactly. I don't think get hurt. And, and, you know, if they can really emphasize the whole trust the process ideal that, uh, like the Sixers use, you know, um, yeah. if they can really start to implement that and teach that, put that in the minds of these guys, you know, to understand, hey, we're trying to get better each day to be able to compete for the future. Because, hey, let's be real. We're not going to win a Super Bowl right now. So let's get better. Exactly. You know, let's get better. So maybe someday we can compete for that goal. Um, and, and if you can kind of start to instill that now, maybe the negativity doesn't creep into the locker room. Um, but And this is 100% blowing the Joe Hayden deal out of the water, but I think that was just a clear move that, you know, they've got guys that on a lot of other teams, you know, are regarded as incredibly talented. Like I think Joe Hayden's going to fit into that Steelers system great. Um, but they're willing to get rid of all of that and completely go into that process like you mentioned there. I think they're just they're showing again, it's early. We got a long season, it could get really ugly, but I think they're making the right steps as an organization like your boys there are in Dallas. Mm-hmm, for sure. What what do you think of uh did you see TJ Watt? Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, I know the well you can say the interception was fluky, but it was still an impressive catch. Oh, for sure. I mean he's a, um, for a linebacker. He looked like J.J. Watt. I mean, at not obviously, he doesn't have the same size of his brother, but, I mean, the impact right. that he had, like, you noticed where he was on the field at all times. It was almost like and, the offense was, like, trying to avoid him. A hundred percent agree with that. And also, you look at J.J. Watt coming right out of college. I'm not saying here that T.J. is going to end up looking like J.J., like a, a freaking end-playing linebacker, but he's going to put on some weight, and, you know, it could be a really impressive piece for them they got Shazir I mean they got some really good players there on defense 
Oh, yeah. The NFL is getting exciting. I, I don't know if it's... It is. It is. I, I mean, sports in general right now, I, I don't know if it's mm-hmm. it's the social media era, um, you know, that we're, we're, we're more involved in these guys' lives, you know, mm-hmm. and we're, we're able to see them in a different aspect so we can connect with them a little differently. Um, but something, it's just changing. I mean, basketball, it seems like more people are into it. It's, it's almost like, uh, I mean, it, it gives a luck a group of people really something to, to live through is kind of a thing, you know what I mean? And, and fuels yeah. us and it's, it's cool, you know? Yeah. And it, here's the thing that I think about though, with the NFL, the difference you mentioned, the NBA is tying the two together. Like I think the issue with the NFL is outside of a Tom Brady, um, somebody that's just had an, or a Brett Favre, an alien like career. Somehow they stay out there, um, continue playing games. It's hard to build, superstars in the NFL. That's why they lean so much on the brand. Like you see the Dallas Cowboys, that's such a huge name. Whereas the NBA, you're seeing these guys' faces, LeBron, Kobe, these guys are around for 15 plus years and you can really start to attach your feelings towards a player. I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, just how both of these leagues, like you mentioned, there's so much excitement around both of them, how, you know, maybe basketball takes an even bigger chunk out of the national market here moving forward with how they're looking with all these superstars. I don't know. I think it's changing in the NFL, though. I mean, Dak Prescott is a recognizable face now. Ezekiel Elliott is a recognizable face now. Odell Beckham is a recognizable face. Tom Brady, you know, I mean, these guys are they're starting to build their own brands. They're starting to realize that there is another aspect and they try to use their sport to be able to build their brand. Um, And they do think of the business side of thing a lot more. And I think the NFL is starting to do it. They realize their faces aren't going to be shown on the screen as much as a basketball player. So they're getting into other things. I mean, look at even Isaiah Jones. I mean, you notice them on the East Bay commercial, you know, and guys are trying to get their faces out there into different things to be able to build themselves. But here's the thing, though. We can – you can – can't deny this. If you take a list of top 100 players in the NFL and the NBA, take their faces around and, you know, poll random people in terms of recognizable faces or names or anything like that, you're going to go a lot farther on that top 100 NBA list than you are the NFL. There's definitely stars – I think I don't know if Dax or Rush, Zeke definitely is with this case and what he had last year, but um, I, I just I like again both leagues are incredible. I think the marketing advantage goes towards the NBA NBA here moving in the future. We talk about social media; um, these guys are given a voice and they have a face, and I think they could be an advantage, you know, 20, 30 years down the road. For sure, for sure. Oh, yeah. you know, I was taking yesterday. Um, you know, I was sitting there watching the game with my dad and, and thinking yeah. about all the Cowboys games and stuff that, that he's must have seen over the years. I mean, he's been a yeah. diehard fan. He's probably seen every single game that Dallas has played over the past, what, 40 years, 50 years. It's crazy. And thinking about how much he's seen football change and sports change, you know, yeah. I mean, really, really through his time, because that's really when the NFL took off. Uh, I, 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 I like, I'd love to pick his brain a little bit more on that, that part of things. Cause could you, could you imagine how much it's really changed? I mean, it probably looked like a high school game when it all started, you know, and now you look at things and it's, you got guys all over the place. I was listening to somebody who was, I don't want to overplay it, but they were saying that essentially the NFL is the same players are the same. You couldn't, if you showed again, your dad or somebody that's been around seeing 50 years of football, you showed them a clip of 50 years ago compared to what they see now. Um, not only are you looking at HD 1080p now, you're looking at athletes and a style of play that's, I think it's more exciting than it's ever been before, um, really in both leagues. And I think Without it's question. only going to improve. Without question. That's why I think when you go into the whole, 
you know, goat debate or you talk about guys. I think it's it's really hard to compare eras because so hard. The guys <laughs> now are just so much more athletically gifted. Like, I'll be honest, I, I think the guys that are 10, 11, 12 in the NBA now would be right there with Michael Jordan. I mean, I, I know he's got that killer instinct, and, um, and you got to respect you got to respect his legacy. But I mean, no, no, no. if you look at the size, I mean, I, I just don't. I, I I know you're you're big into the old school game and the fundamentals, but I mean, I, I just don't well, see how like MJ could guard like, Kevin DeGrant or how, how he could play with nah, Kawhi Leonard or how he could play with um, LeBron. I mean, those guys would they would dominate him. But you're, the main point there is, like, you're talking about two, a couple points here. You're talking about different eras in basketball, totally different games being played, and that goes down to the foul calls, physicality. Jordan, the hand-checking was allowed. I totally get you. If Jordan just was popped into today's game, first off, he'd foul out in six seconds. Um, and secondly, he would just be totally blasted by people just because of the difference in play and how, you know, people are allowed could, to could move. Could you imagine, though, with – could you imagine, though, with how physically gifted LeBron James is, though, if he could play in an era that he was allowed to be more physical? How can how can anybody say that right. would benefit Michael Jordan? He wouldn't, be, he wouldn't be healthy if he played in the 90s. People for would sure. take his legs oh, out. Sure. That's for a fact. Sure. But, but, but at the same time, though, he's never shown any reason that, that he's been hurt before, though. So why can we sit here and say that just because he played back then he would have been hurt? Yeah, is it more likely? But, I mean, Michael Jordan played a pretty healthy career, and LeBron was a lot more physically gifted and takes care of his body a lot better than anybody he did in that era uh also again i mean if we're talking about comparing and taking him back into that era he wouldn't have the nutrition that and michael was totally but different there so that, but, and, but we can't we can't give michael jordan the credit for stuff lebron's done just because our eras figured that out if you look at the players who they this, are michael didn't do that so how do we know that he would have maybe that maybe doing look, it that way wouldn't have worked for him you know maybe he would have been the exact style same player LeBron's career would not fit as successfully into that era. He would have to change his style, his play, his body, everything. But if MJ played in this era and could adapt to the fouls, he still would. He would not be a better basketball player than LeBron James. I think that could be debated. Uh, that's so How? up for grabs. What do you? What do you he mean? He the ball better. He's bigger. He's faster. He's stronger. He's better in the post. He passes the ball better. He's more in every aspect of the game. He's a he's a better Michael Jordan. Listen, I, I think LeBron is number one all time, but I don't think we can say. I think we're getting away from the first debate there, which was that these athletes like, you can't compare. You can't take the 11th guy, 12th guy, any of these leagues and just take them back because it was a totally different style. They had different playbooks, different approaches. You just can't take, sure. you can't, you just can't take and play, place people wherever you want. It just doesn't work. And that's what I said. That, that's what I said at the beginning of this is that you can't really – it's hard to compare eras. But if you do and you just look at Michael Jordan as Michael Jordan, Will Chamberlain as Michael as Will Chamberlain, and, and you put these guys I got you. on the basketball court, exactly who they are. You put them right back in their primes. Uh, LeBron James is the best basketball player on the court. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think he's the most talented. Again, it's just carrying people over it is, is hard for me. It's but, tough. Like, I think Larry you know, Bird in his era – was better than most guys in the era now, but I don't think Larry Bird in this era would be a superstar. You know, even Magic Johnson. Of course uh, not. Just, of course not. But I just don't think, again, like, 
I don't think LeBron would have the same impact. Again, we can't judge his career. We're again, we're taking Larry's yes, career. Yes, if we and go saying, back, oh, how would he do? Back and you say, well, what if we take all this stuff away that LeBron had that he would? Then for sure, then we could say, well, maybe they wouldn't have been. Dude, I don't but know because how they do. Care. We still have to look at. We have to. Resp- it's like we can't punish athletes now because they figured out a smarter way to work. I totally agree with you. I'm just saying. Foul calls stylistically, threes. The three yeah, point was in. Say, it was the best basketball player of all time. Who plays basketball the best? It's definitely yeah, and, guys and, from this era now, and probably the top ten now are better than I, anybody from twenty years ago. I just, I would just rather take my eras, separate them out, and then take the best player and how they did. In the, I think LeBron's number one all time, the greatest player. You take his time in the NBA. And you compare it to other players' time and what they did in their career, uh, I think he's the best player of all time. That's a, that's a hell of an argument because I think that's the only way it is an argument. I think the only way it is an argument if you say, okay, look at this time and what he did in this era in this league. And you say, okay, how do you compare this guy? But if you look at them as basketball players, then I think that there's no doubt about it. The guys from this era, even the top 10 I, now I like that. would be better like that. Than, than most of the guys that were on the dream yeah. team. That's ex- yeah. That's exactly how I would put it. Um, again, yeah. <laughs> you take uh, who would be an example? A Derek Favors and put him in the fifties. He's gonna score seventy points a game. I totally agree with you there. But how you put it? You can't take him out of the errors. You compare him when you're ranking them all the time. You take what they did in their time and how that you know played out in the league. So, is there anything else game wise that we wanted to look at here or touch on? Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's make our picks for the Thursday night game then. Um, okay. I mean, yeah. I what do you think? I don't know how many people, I don't know how many people are really interested in after after what they showed on uh, Sunday. Yeah. But, but I'm gonna go with the Bengals. Uh, like I said, I, I I just think that hurricane has just played a, a huge factor on the Texans. I mean, could you imagine if your families yeah. are going through that kind of distress? Insane. Uh, you know, for th- three weeks leading up to the season, uh, I just don't think they're properly prepared compared to the other professional teams. Um, so I, I like Cincinnati to just. Uh, squeak by and 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 uh, what was a disappointing opener from both teams here. Um, but uh, hopefully they can show something a little better on Thursday night. But I don't even know if I'm going to tune into the game. What about you? Shoot, yeah, I mean, I think Cincinnati. At the end of the day, if Andy Dalton is somewhat capable of throwing a football, they have AJ Green, Eifert, Joe Mixon. Uh, I mean, they have weapons everywhere. So he just has to show up. And then um, you're talking about a Texans team here. We mentioned it earlier. I just hate that O'Brien went to Watson so early. Um, You know, you're clearly building for the future. You're coming off this hurricane like we talked about. I can't even imagine what they're going through. Um, you need you need to give a, a team some sort of stability. So maybe they stick with Deshaun. I hope he does great. It just doesn't give your team a lot of faith in just the coaching staff in general when you come into a season uh, so confidently talking about Tom Savage and then just switch in the first half. That's really aggressive. Yeah, well, I, I saw today, uh, I saw a notice something about Deshaun Watson was taking all the first team snaps today at practice, though. So I'm, I'd imagine okay. that he's gonna, they're going to give him his first start on Thursday. Um, yeah. What, what do you think the Bengals are going to do here, though? If, if Andy Dalton's this bad for two, three, four more weeks, I, I mean, I mean, at that point, I guess you're on five and you probably think, well, the season's over. But yeah, that's the thing. I mean, how, how many more games? If, if he looks horrible Thursday night, do they make a move to pick up somebody? I mean, is, is Teddy Bridgewater available or is he still hurt? <laughs> 
he's he's still with Minnesota and coming back. The thing is with the NFL, man, you look at the options that are available out there. There's not backups that can play at a high level or even mediocre yeah. level just walking around. So Kaepernick. I agree with you. Shoot, yeah. I mean, he's got I mean, to be Honestly, look at Cincinnati. I mean – like you just said, Eifert, A.J. Green, I mean, they've it's got amazing. a running game. It's they've amazing. got a talented offensive team, and their defense is not horrible. So, I mean, I mean, honestly, their defense is, is probably a, a slightly above average. I mean, I, that team should not be losing 20 to nothing. I don't think the Ravens are that impressive. Maybe I'm wrong. I didn't pay much attention to them. I love the I never defense. like Joe Flacco. I, I mean, they're a good defensive team, like you said, but, I mean, there's no reason why they're beating Cincinnati 20 to nothing. Yeah, I, no, that, that 100% falls on Andy Dalton's shoulders. That's a, I mean, 100%. You can't even go into Baltimore's offense with confidence. The defense put them in position all day. They had great field position, field goals. Defense also scored. I believe they had a pick six. Dalton handed them the game. So um, I, I agree with you. It's going to be a bit of a frustrating situation going through. I mean, you think about they've had that nucleus here for a long time. Um the fans are bound to get a little bit frustrated here if you go five weeks, like you mentioned, and it still looks this bad. For sure. I mean, I think really if he looks horrible Thursday night, you've got to make a move because that team can be competitive. I mean, like I said, I don't know Seriously. if it's Kaepernick, but there's got to be somebody else out there. I mean, do you, do you throw a couple first-round picks at Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, after what Brady looked like last week, they probably aren't going to get rid of him. But, I mean, there's got to be somebody out there that you can make a move for. I, I I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think Kaepernick might be a decent option. Uh, there's just so much controversy around him. But, you know, do we just talk ourselves out of the Bengals here? Are we going with the Texans? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah, my bad. So who are you going with? I guess, I don't know. I, I guess at home since I, I go Cincinnati. I got yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going Cincinnati too. I'm going Cincinnati yeah. too. So we we'll have to get our we we'll have to get our pick from uh, our Nyquil buddy there at, at back at home. I'll, I'll text him later on and <laughs> get his pick for this week. We'll um, have to get anyway. Yeah, so yeah. week week one, uh, our pickums for our locks, our game of the week. Let them know, our, Mike. Let them know how uh, I did. Adam and I were uh, two and one. We're tied for second place right now, and, uh, and the big guy Marshall Gomet is uh, sitting at number one right now, three and zero. Sitting three and zero. There's um, a a large amount of luck involved with that. I don't want to go in too confident to week two, but I will say, oh, um, talk shit, Marshall. Hey, listen here, Baltimore. You just said it right there. A lot of people are doubting them. Joe Flacco, Joe Fluco, who are they? This defense, man, they've just bought into who they are and what they're going to do. Uh, never going to come out and impress you with an overwhelming passing game. They picked up Jeremy Macklin, who scored a touchdown for the first time in a long time. It was those Chiefs for a while who hadn't thrown a touchdown to a wide receiver, so that's got to feel good week one. Um, I think they're capable enough to, again, win games with a defense like that. All you need is a quarterback that can show up uh, and won't lose it for you. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, yeah, there was one so, other thing I did want to touch on before we uh, before we close the, sh- the podcast here. Um, hit? Scott McVay, you know, I, I was yeah. or, I'm sorry, Sean McVay. I was really impressed with uh, 
with the way he looked. And, you know, it really made me look into it a little bit more and think about it. If you're 31 years old and, and an NFL team is willing to give you a chance, you've got to be something special because if you can climb, climb the ranks that, that quickly, you know, he's not 31 years old coaching high school or college. I mean, he's at the yeah. highest level right now. Um, I, I, I like him. I, I do. I, I mean, he brought something. I mean, that was a hell of a punch week one. I, I think you've got, you've got to be impressed um, with what he did there week one. Yeah. Uh, you can't say you're not impressed because that Rams team last year does that score they don't put that on anybody um so they definitely improved got some weapons sammy watkins don't forget todd Gurley. the dude is a stud so uh, they got weapons there um i'm hesitant to get too excited here first off week one and then you're playing the indianapolis colts which my god looks so bad and scott tolstein holy i mean i don't know how um, as as bad as they looked it, it, the rams still looked impressive I give you that. Like I said, this team doesn't do that last year. Um, they have a favorable schedule here. Road, who they're facing on the road, who they're facing at home, that favors them. So you like and, that. And Hopefully they, they have, carry some momentum. And, and the system they're putting in here for Jared Goff is one that he can it's be perfect. successful. I mean, they've got weapons around him, like you said. Perfect. I mean, you hand the ball to Todd Gurley 20-plus times, like we talked about with the Jags earlier, with these quarterbacks that, that aren't the – the most ready right now. You've got to be able to give the ball to your running back. Do what Dallas did with Zeke and yes. and and Demarco Murray, where they really turned the turned the game a running game and win time of possession and and give your chance a better chance uh give yourself a better chance to be successful. Um, Absolutely, and like we talked about the Browns too. There with just a running game. You got to give these young quarterbacks something to lean on. It's just physically impossible for them to come in, pick up the NFL game here this early. You got to give them a little run supplemental game, and they definitely have that for sure. For sure. Um, and, and, you know, I, I they have to be optimistic, too. I, if you look at the NFC West, the Seahawks offense looks so bad that the NFC West Jeez. is um, it's wide open. I mean, the Cardinals aren't that impressive. Not the 49ers are Not probably going to be the first pick. And then the Rams look pretty good. I mean, you can't That's sit true. here and say that St. Louis can't beat Seattle. I, I, you true. can't. I mean, and they, uh, they always play Seattle well. They've always played them yeah. well. Um, and, and all it takes in that division is – being successful against those bad teams and then come out with one win against the Seahawks and you're looking really good. Yeah, I mean, Pete Carroll's a good coach. I mean, Seattle's going to improve. They might make a move. Yes. Here, some linemen or something. I mean, Seattle's, they're, they're too talented on the defensive side and they've got too many. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson's too talented. Jimmy Graham's too talented. I mean, they, they've got something there. So, I mean, they're, they're not going to just lay I agree. here. Um, uh, so, uh, but like I said, the Rams are going to be more competitive than what I think most people think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it goes back to uh, you look at the NFL. There's just so many exciting storylines. What a better time to be watching sports. We're living all these championship games that have been so exciting here. uh, We've got to watch them all and it's just going to get better and better from here, man. I'm excited. We're coming back. What, Thursday? Are we going to put one on Thursday? No, Friday morning. Friday morning we'll be back. Friday morning. Um, And then going going forward here, you can look for us every Monday and Friday. Um, We'll release them in uh, in the morning. Um, also, uh, hit our mailbag three amigos podcast at gmail.com. Um, again, that's three amigos podcast at gmail.com. Look for us on Twitter, uh, subscribe to our podcast. And like I said, uh, Hey, look for us. Send us, y'all send us, send us some questions. Mike, we want some questions sent. DM it, email it. We want to answer some questions from you guys. Hear your thoughts on our takes or what you want to hear us talk more about. Reach out and we're gonna put some we're gonna put some feedback in here. For sure. We're hitting the mailbag Friday morning. So we'll then. For sure. 
for sure. Talk to y'all soon, man. Peace. Peace.